going to continue with uh, the uh, family series, but uh, I felt led to go some other direction, and um, I'm going to be speaking on, we'll come back next week to the family series, but today I want to speak on a message I titled, Restore Our Fortunes, Restore Our Fortunes. Restore our fortunes. I believe that if you're sick in the body this morning and you want to get well, God will heal you this morning. If you are not saved, you can get saved this morning and have an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus and you know it. Then the Spirit of God will bear witness in your, with your spirit that indeed you are a child of God. God will do that for us this morning. Amen. In Psalm 126, from verse 1 through 6, the Bible speaks in this wise. It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord will do great things for you this morning in Jesus' name. The Lord has done, they were saying it, the Lord has done great things for them. When the Lord brings you out of captivity, your neighbors, those that you walk with, the world, they will know that God has brought you out of captivity and they will testify, not you just testifying, they will te- testify that the Lord has done a great thing for you. And you will say, the Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. And then the scripture went, goes further and says, bring back our captivity, O Lord. In other words, restore our fortunes, O God. That's what the word means, literally. Restore what we had before we went into captivity. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams of the south. And I've said here before, the streams of the south. Some of you have watched the National Geographic, and you see in area the Serengeti, sometimes they they go through a dry season. And everything is just dying. The animals are dying. No food, nothing. And in the streams of the Negev, that's the same streams of the south, they have things like that. But then in the rainy season, God gives them shower. And everything comes back alive. And they're saying to God, bring us back. Bring back our fortunes just like you do when the season is right for the Negev. Everything comes alive. God wants, your life, wants for you to come back alive. And your captivity taken out of your life. Amen. It says, uh, bring back our captivity as the streams of the south. And then it goes, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually, not sometimes, he who continually goes forth weeping. Bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless come again 
rejoicing, bringing his sheaves within. A lot of people are in captivity. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in captivity and you don't even know it. You need Jesus to get you out of captivity. When God delivers you from captivity, and if you are involved in things that you hate, you know there is no joy in your life. Life is meaningless to you. You're just living. There is no joy. You are in captivity. Let God restore your fortune. Let God bring you out of captivity. Restore our fortune to God. When God does that for you, it's like a dream. It's like you're dreaming. Joseph, even though God had blessed him from the time he was a boy, he was in captivity. But God had a plan, had a plan for him. And one, just one day, it was like a dream. He, just like the dream he had, he was in prison, and the next day, he was sitting on his throne. That's what God can do. When God takes you out of captivity. In Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. God tells us very clearly there. He, Jesus came to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you are a Christian and God has brought you out of captivity, you have nothing to do with depression. Depression is not a part of the Christian life. That's the spirit of heaviness. Depression is a spirit. And if you are feeling depressed, I'm telling you this morning, God's going to deliver you from that depression because He came to console those who mourn in Zion. If you are mourning, things are difficult, for whatever reason in your life, God has sent His Son to bring you consolation, to, give, to beautify your life, to give you beauty for ashes. The all of joy for mourning. That's what Jesus came to do for us. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what he came to do for us. And God's greatest avenue for restoration. Thank God I found. God's greatest avenue for restoration. A lot of people know Jesus has saved them. And people have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. But they are still in captivity. They are full of fear. They are uncertain. Satan is just riding them. Like a mule. And just oppressing them in their finances in every area. That's not your inheritance in Jesus' name. Satan cannot oppress you or harass you. Because he came to console those who mourn in Zion. The greatest avenue for restoration that God has for the believer is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm going to that. Is the baptism of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. There is power in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, 
and you shall receive power. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There is a power. I don't care what anybody says. If Jesus says it, that's the truth. There is a power that comes into your life that was not there the day you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You may not feel it, but the power is there. Is This is the power of restoration. He's been given to you. It's like a powerful generator put inside of you so that as you use this generator and you operate that generator, you will begin to have the power to become the light of the world. Turn on your generator. Amen. Let it run so that you can shine. That's what he gave to us. The baptism. And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon your life. You can never be the same. You know how the disciples were before they received that power. Fearful, doubtful, confused. We don't understand what you're saying. Where are you going? Full of questions. But after the day of Pentecost, their lives changed. No more doubts or questions. They lived a life of power. It's as if Jesus was still around. And they noticed them. The Sanhedrin says, yeah, he has been with Jesus. We saw that boy. Yeah, that's him. That's the same fellow. No wonder. That's what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit. He's such a powerful tool for us. You know, I received the, ba- the baptism in the Holy Spirit years ago. And uh, from the, ve- the very first day I got saved. But I wasn't delivered from fear. And every time you read the scripture, where the Bible says, but you did not receive the spirit of bondage against the fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or you did not receive the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of assignment. I wonder, where's that scripture? I don't feel that way. <laughs> I didn't feel that way. I had nights in those days when I'd be sleeping. All of a sudden, a dark shadow comes over me. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to speak. And I can say a word. I'm trying to say Jesus, but the word will not come out of my mouth. I try to move my hand. It doesn't move. I try to kick. Nothing. Maybe some of you, you've never been there. I was there. Is Is that ever happened to you? Guess what, who was doing it? A demon. A demon was doing that to me. And he was riding me constantly. Every night, I, I knew to say, God, please protect me tonight. I don't want, and then somebody told me, and I knew it was true, that if that thing happens to you frequently, eventually you're going to have a terminal disease. And that's, that's making sense. I don't want a terminal disease in my life. And God, I'm already born again. What more should I do? What more? If you want me to receive Jesus, I receive him, Lord. I receive him so that these things will get out of my life. And in the night, they come all over me. And when they leave, I, I, I immediately get up from my bed. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus, God the Father, everybody, help me. And then I discovered that when you... Pray in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. Every time you speak in tongues, you just stepped out of the natural 
into the supernatural. That's what you just did. He seems ordinary. But that's the way God does his thing. It seems so simple. It seems like it doesn't make sense. How can I have power by just speaking in a language that I don't understand? I discovered that when you speak in tongues, that's a supernatural thing going on. A lot of people are running to and fro looking for supernatural acts. When you can speak in tongues, that's a heavenly language. It's supernatural. Once you start doing it, you just step out of the natural into the supernatural. And if you stay there long enough, supernatural things will just begin to come out of your life. And the boldness comes in. The understanding comes in. You begin to understand scriptures. And you can begin to feel, I can do this thing. I can heal the sick. I can raise the dead. And you, that, the fire comes over you. Because God has made us flaming ministries. Amen. And so as I did all of that, I started praying in tongues a lot. Praying in tongues all the time. And God began to reveal his scriptures, the scriptures to me. And I gained understanding. And I talked to this lady. She says, where did you get that stuff from? I says, in the Bible, I thought everyone knew. She says, no, we don't know that. What are you talking about? You need to be speaking more. And I'm baffled. I said, you don't know these things? I thought everyone knew. I didn't know spending time praying in tongues was opening my eyes to spiritual food. And I could use them. And so one of those days, those demon, what this demon came and came over me, and, 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 and I was not, I wasn't happy this day. And it's like, God, what are you doing? When is this going to stop? He says, quit crying and acting silly. He's the demon that just did that. He's right in the corner of your room. He's laughing at you. And in my mind, I look at that demon, this little kid, just laughing. I got him, I got him. And I said, okay, next time I know what to do. Amen. I know what to do. And the next time came, I was glad. As soon as he got through, I said, come back here. Stand right there. But there was nobody in the room. I figured if Jesus spoke to a tree, I can speak to myself. Now, Stand right there. And I said, you don't do that to me. I'm a servant of God. Stop it. This stops tonight. And guess what? He will live for you. Who's that stupid spirit coming to us? A child of God. That's not possible. I'm a servant of the Lord. I went back to Nigeria some years after I started ministry. We had this village between, some of you know, well, you know, you've been there. There's two cities, Kapila and Wari, called one little village there. Well, I was holding a crusade. I, I was planning to hold a crusade there. And in that place, they said, the pastor was telling me, and all the villagers knew, there is a special demon that appears in this place and shows himself in the form of a light. And while they walk in the dark, he lives in front of them. And they're scared of this demon. And now I was going to hold a crusade in that village. And Pastor Clifford said, Brother Goodluck, I'm telling you, he's not going to be happy. Because you are coming to hold a crusade in his territory. He's been dominating this place for a long time. And so, Brother Goodluck, you need to fast and pray. I said, Brother Clifford, but I fasted and prayed in America before I came. 
I'm not going to fast for a demon. Tell the demon to go and fast. I'm in town. <laughs> I didn't say that to Clifford, but in my mind, that's the way I felt. Why should I fast because of a little demon? The Holy Spirit has shown me. I can take him on. Bring it on, devil. I'm coming to town. Pack your load. You are about to leave town. I'm giving you quick notice, and you're going to leave. No doubt about it. I came into town. I had my message. A lot of people got healed. The devil saw there was a woman that was pregnant. The baby couldn't come down for 12 months. I have those videos. I used to show them in those days. 12 months. She said, this witch doctor said, unless the sky touches the earth, your baby is not coming down. I said, lady, that baby is going to come down. I got the Holy Ghost power. I prayed for her while I was preaching up there. She gave birth to the baby. And they said, that was the crusade baby. Amen. I had a picture taken with the baby. Who's that devil? That's going to challenge the power of the living God. But how do you transform yourself from such a fearful individual to somebody who could care less about God? At a stage, I was afraid, God, please give me a healthy understanding because demons don't mean anything to me. I can take them on any day. I don't have to pray, I thought. So God, please protect me so I don't actually. <laughs> See, I lost the fear for that. There was a, that same village. After I had been there, they testified. I didn't say what to them. They came up and testified. No one had seen that demon from the day that I started going to that village to preach. And I was there about three or four times. Nobody saw it. Because the Holy Ghost drove him out of town. That's the way God is. It's not just me that can do this. You can and that's why I'm bringing this message. If you have received the Holy Spirit, the reason why you're not growing is because you don't spend time with Him. Praying in other tongues. It's your prayer language. God will speak to you. There were things that God spoke to me. He just told me, be quiet. I want to talk to you. And I said, yes, sir. Just give me time. I want to write these things down. And I write, this, write those things down. That's why we are here at the Art Fellowship today. One of those times. Been learning from many by just praying in tongues. Spending so many hours. I made up my mind. One hour a day. In those days. One hour a day. I spend time praying in tongues. And you feel so normal. But things happen. Just not supernatural things just come. They become almost like natural to you. That's the power of it. Let me share with you how important this is. Because I can give you testimonies. <coughs> Excuse me. But if I don't show you scriptures, I'm just talking. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For if I pray in a tongue, for he who speaks in a tongue, it says, does not speak to men, but to God. So when you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to men. You are speaking directly to God. How I many want to speak to God and no hindrance? I like to do that. No devil can interfere. 
You're speaking directly to God. He who, if, if I speak in a tongue, I speak to God. He says, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when you are speaking in tongues, guess what you're speaking? You're speaking mysteries. And then, in verse 4 of the same chapter, he says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Do you know what the meaning of the word edify is? Let me give you a synonym to this word edify. It means to instruct. It means to teach. It means to enlighten. It means to improve. And to build up yourself. So Paul is saying, and this is Paul saying it now, he who speaks in a tongue enlightens himself, teaches himself, instructs himself. With what? He who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he does what? He speaks mysteries. So what are you instructing yourself with? You are instructing yourself with the mysteries that you're speaking to God. I used to, when I go out and I'm preaching, I ask the people, does God need to hear mysteries coming from the mouth of an African? Huh? He knows all things. Why does he need to hear me speaking mysteries back to him? Am I going to teach God anything? So what's the purpose of me speaking in tongues and speaking to God and speaking mysteries? The mystery that you're speaking is not for God's benefit. The mystery is really for your benefit. And as you speak in tongues, those mysteries, you begin to enlighten your born-again spirit with the mysteries that are coming from your mouth. And all of a sudden, you know how to do things. It just comes to you naturally. That's the way it is. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 18 through 19, Paul says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. So if you are in the same church with Paul, you'll never hear him speak in tongues in church very much. He says, I will rather speak five words with my understanding so that I might teach others also. But at home, he speaks 10,000 words in tongues. That's a lot of words. And I wonder, where did this busy apostle have enough time to spend time praying in tongues? Why was he doing this? He was getting something out of it. He had a lot of time. He did it to the point where he knew that he spoke in tongues more than everybody in church, including you. 
That's the secret. There is no other way of explaining why Paul was doing that. He doesn't preach about it. He instructs himself. He said, in, to- in church, I speak five words so that I may teach others also. But in private, I speak in tongues to instruct myself, to enlighten myself, to get revelation. He said, no one taught me the, the gospel. I didn't get it from man. I got it from God by revelation. How? By spending time with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, Paul says, If I pray in the tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unsuccessful. So when you pray in tongues, it's your spirit that is praying. Look at the word spirit. Is it capitalized? Please, look. The word spirit in your Bible, is that spirit, is the word capitalized? So you're praying in tongues and the word spirit, that's not the Holy Ghost. That should be capitalized. It's your born again spirit that's praying. The Holy Ghost is the one that empowers your spirit to speak in tongues. That's what it is. So when you are praying in tongues, it's your spirit that's praying. And you bring the natural and the Holy Spirit brings the supernatural, and both of you, you speak, and he gives the utterance, and you're speaking mysteries. So at that point in your life, guess what? Your born-again spirit, and you can read uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, God says, I will give you a new spirit, and put a new, a, new, uh, a new spirit within you. I will take the stony heart out of your flesh, and give you a new heart. Now, he's giving you a new spirit. The Spirit there is not the Holy Spirit because it goes down further and it says, and I will put my Spirit, that's capitalized, so it gives you the born-again, regenerated Spirit, and then it puts the Spirit in you, and both of them can do business. And when you are speaking in tongues, at the time that you are praying in tongues, your Spirit is never closer to God than at that time. It's just together. Your personal born-again Spirit and the Spirit of God together. And I guarantee you, if you spend long time there, your life will begin to change. No doubt about it. The things that were difficult will just begin to fall out of your life. That's what it is. It's hard to keep somebody who speaks in tongues a lot in, in, in bondage. When I feel things come upon me and I'm thinking, how do I handle this? Just 30 minutes in tongues, that feeling of, What is going on in my life? That's gone. This is it. He came to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what he came to do. Paul experienced those miracles. Let me share with you. The Bible tells us that for us, that's uh, Isaiah, chapter eight, chapter 18, verse, chapter 8, I believe, verse 18. He says, Here I am, here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders in Israel. From the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Your life is for signs 
You are not ordinary. You are supposed to bring us signs. We are for signs and for wonders. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. No other person. Don't look to me. You, Jesus said, you are that person. We are to do signs and wonders. In Israel. Years ago, before I went into ministry, I, I, I prayed in tongues. I thought about these things uh, and I wanted, God, I need, and I want to see a miracle. Just let me stay around a place where the deaf, the deaf ear is open so I can see. Just let me be around when the ministers go next. And then one night, all through the night, I was sleeping, really sound asleep, but in my head, in my spirit, I was meditating on how to open the deaf, to open deaf ears and to cause the dumb to speak. That was in my mind all day. I woke up and excited and I told Angela, I said, Angela, I, can, I believe I can open deaf ears and cause the dumb to speak. And Angela said, you can do it. The Holy Spirit, I said, the Holy Spirit is the one to do it. I said, exactly, that's what I mean. Let's not fight about it. I think I can do this stuff. Okay? And, and I was back in Nigeria and prayed with people and brought them up. And this, and this lady came and targeted me because this young woman, uh, young girl, she was completely deaf in one ear. And the other ear, she was almost gone completely. They, when I prayed for general, they didn't want that. They wanted a special touch. And so they came to me and they were telling me everybody knew their situation. So the church was quiet. You know how it is? They are watching what's going to happen now. And as she came, I remembered what God has told me while I was sleeping. And I, I did my hands this way because <laughs> I knew Jesus, this is what he did. So put my fingers, they put ears, you know. And then I knew it was a demon. I, I, all I have to do is yell at this demon. They are hurt, they are hard of hearing. I need to <laughs> scream at him. So I, I said, come out in Jesus' name. And took my finger out so that uh, it will have room to get out. <laughs> and then I went behind her or, and I did, and she said, yes. And I did two, 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 and two. Oh, everybody was clapping for this healing minister. And I was saying, what's wrong with you all? I just speak in tongues. The healing minister stuff, I don't understand that. I just do what they're seeing for you. You can do it also. But you need to spend time praying in, the, in supernatural, which is speaking in other tongues. Now, First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, it says this with revelation. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the uh, heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That God has revealed them to us. How? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So he reveals the deep things of God to us. For what man knows the things of a man, but the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no man knows the things of God. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, 
you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. How do you know? By the Spirit. It's only through the Holy Spirit. This morning, with people who, those who haven't received the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Spirit. If you're sick, you're going to get well. God's going to heal you. And God's going to bless you with His Holy Spirit. In first, I mean Luke 11, verse 9 through 13, the Bible says very clearly there, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive. Can you say that? Everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who asks, receive. All you have to do is what? Ask. And if you ask, you receive. Everyone who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, will find. And if you knock, the door will be opened. And Jesus said, if you ask your father bread, he'll give you bread. He won't give you something that's going to hurt you. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a serpent. If you ask for an egg, he won't give you a serpent. And then he went in verse 13. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father do what? Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. We go back to verse 9, verse 10. Everyone who asks receives the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Everyone who asks will receive. You don't have to cry. Just ask. Is that hard to do? No. Don't make it too complicated. Don't do, well, I was really asking. No, you're just trying to take credit, okay? (laughs) It has nothing to do with you. Just ask. Is it that difficult? Ask. When are you going to receive? When you ask. God will give you at the time you're asking. No father will tell the son who is asking for bread to eat. The son is angry, uh, hungry and he says, hey, Son, you know I got bread. Uh, we, could you wait till next week and I'll give you all the bread you need? I want you to be hungry for another week. No father is going to do that. I'll call CPS on that father. Yeah. You're not going to call CPS on God, right? He's talking about, he's talking about, <laughs> well, he don't need that. <laughs> but he's talking about bread, right? You ask for bread, he gives you bread. When you ask for the Holy Spirit, he gives that to you. The key is most people want God to take their tongue and speak in tongues for them. Well, it's your spirit that's going to do the speaking. He's not God that's going to do you speaking for you. So you give him your tongue and God says, what do you want me to do with that stuff? That's your tongue. Speak in tongues yourself. I'll give the utterance, but you do the speaking. Amen? That's where most people miss it. They are wanting God to speak for them. And God says, I don't speak, it's you praying. I, the Holy Spirit doesn't have any need you have. So you pray, he'll give the utterance and put the power in there. But as you spend time praying in tongues, what you're doing is turning on your generator. And the longer you do it, the more you spend time. I guarantee you, everybody that's sitting here, if you spend 
three hours. That's Paul Youngie show. How many know Paul Youngie show? He spent, he said, eight hours or whatever, five hours a day he prays most of it in tongues. And comes and all all kinds of miracles begin to take place. Most in favor. It's available to us. If you are willing, come to the water and drink. It's up to you. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe me, you don't know what you're missing. And if you're waiting, some people think, well, I'm going to wait until still still time when I think it's right and I'm going to come to God. There's never, that, that time will never come. God says today is the day. Now is the accepted time. Give your life to God today. You are not promised tomorrow. You don't want to go to the other side without making a decision for Christ that you will regret for being born into this world if that happened to you. Today is the day to give your life to Christ. Every head bowed this morning. If you're here today and you have not totally committed your life to Christ and you want me to pray for you so that that will happen, would you please, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, would you put your hand up quickly and put it down right now. Right now, put your hand down. Thank you. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. If you're here and you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you haven't spoken in tongues, that's what I mean. But you want that for yourself so that God can transform your life. Why don't you put your hand up? Let me see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I need those people that put their hand up. Please come up here. Somebody's going to pray for you. You will speak in tongues today. No doubt in my mind. Come up here. Come up here. Come up. If you want to, and some of you receive the Holy Spirit, but you don't pray in tongues much. If you're in that category, I need you to come up here. Come up here. Sometimes people are so, you are conscious about people around you. In heaven, you won't even think about something like that. It's between you and God. Make sure you do things right. That's what it is. Make sure you do things right. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come up here. You need healing in your body. Please come up here. God's going to heal you. You need healing in your body. Please come. Thank you, Jesus. All heads bowed. As we pray. Those who raise your hands up to receive Christ. Pray with me. Say with me, Father, I give my life to you. Totally. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for receiving me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Prayer partners, please come up. And our minister, the pastor Andy is going to take over the service.
it's been a long time since you just really felt the Holy Spirit speaking through you. You need to come today. You need to be renewed in the Spirit of God. Don't allow Satan to hold you to your chair. But Jesus wants to touch your life. Won't you come this morning? Let someone pray with you. There's a freedom that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's beyond words. Jesus wants to touch your life. If you're sick this morning, don't hold on to that sickness, but come down. Take a step of faith Says I'm going to get my healing right now. Right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's some here this morning that it just feels you gave your heart to God before, but you feel spiritually cold. It's hard to hear the voice of God. He wants you to hear His voice. The Word says, My sheep know my voice. So that means we can hear the voice of God. Come on down and let God just touch your life. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Anybody else? It's not too late. These prayer partners will be glad to pray with you for whatever need you may have. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just begin to praise Him ourselves. Let's just begin to praise Him in the Holy Spirit. Come on, just let it go. Let it flow through you this morning. Oh, hallelujah. 